0: Talking about Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and then Psalms 92, verses 13 through 15, which both, along with many other p- passages in Scripture, describe a place in God that I truly believe is where every believer was meant to live. God intended for us to be living examples of, of, of what it's like to be a child of God and to be blessed in such a way that the rest of the world looks at us and says, wow, I need some of that that's going on in their life. I really do believe that's what the Bible wants and teaches that we should be like. Israel was that way in the Old Testament. God said, I'm going to make you my peculiar treasure. Jesus said, you'll be a city set on a hill. Um, There are so many passages. And essentially, Israel in the Old Testament was viewed by the other nations as an island of prosperity and favor and blessing in the middle of a sea of ignorance and polytheism and poverty and abuse. And so Israel is this shining example, and the other nations look at it and say, wow, man, sure wish I had their God. And that's exactly what it should be like in this present age. So we've been teaching how do you get this kind of extraordinary favor and blessing upon your life rather than just going from a blessing to a blessing and always needing a breakthrough? How do you get breakout instead? And we, we have been teaching that, that the way to get God to move in your life is to develop the character of God in your heart because God's character will lead to God's activity in your life. That is where his character and his heart are found, as I've already made the analogy where I go, my hands go with me, Amen. I don't leave my hands at home, and you know. And where I go, that my hands accompany me, and it's pretty much that way with you, I think, I believe. Hello, anybody out there? And uh, you know, we don't leave part of ourselves at home. For example, none of you walked in this morning, and it was a great big nose flapping down the aisle, nostrils, you know, in and out, Eye, eyelash, no. We carry every aspect of ourselves with us, and so does God. Where His character is, His hands are. And His hands will work. And so last Sunday, I began to talk about goodness, which is God placing His integrity in you. I want to go to part two of that today because it's such an important subject, and we are well on our way through the fruit of the Spirit. We've already talked about love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, and now we're on goodness, which is the sixth, and next Sunday we'll move to the next one. But I want to pray, Father, do speak to us today. Do move in our hearts. Do create in us your character. We give you permission today to address every issue in our lives and every part of our lives that does not reflect your identity at work in us. In Jesus' name we ask, and everybody said amen. The illustration that I'm going to use again in view of the fact that it's a political season could be misunderstood, but it is not. It's an illustration that has always impressed me, and I think it's just an appropriate time to mention it. And Grover Cleveland was born the fifth of nine children to a pastor and his wife who served churches on the eastern coast of the United States of America. Grover's parents raised their children to believe in God and in living lives of integrity. Integrity was very big to them. Little Grover Cleveland grew up in church and became an adult and felt the call of God on his life to enter politics, first becoming sheriff of his county in the state of New York and then successfully campaigning for and becoming the mayor of Buffalo, New York. He then went on to be elected the governor of the great state of New York. Politics at that time had become hopelessly mired in corruption, And Grover Cleveland was passionate about bringing integrity back into government once again. He felt that he should run for the uh, presidency of the United States of America. And when he announced his candidacy for the presidency of the U.S. in 1884, he was endorsed by Joseph Pulitzer and his paper, The New York World. Now... Most of you might not recognize the name Joseph Pulitzer, but you do know him by his last name. Joseph Pulitzer is known for creating the prestigious Pulitzer Prize in journalism, literature, and music. And he listed four reasons for encouraging his readers to vote for Grover Cleveland and send him to the White House. He said this. Reason number one, he is an honest man. Reason number two, He is an honest man. Reason number three, he is an honest man. And reason number four, he is an honest man. Cleveland has been called the most honest president that we've ever had in the history of the United States American presidency. And what makes this so unusual is that he began serving in politics in the second decade following the Civil War. And if you remember anything about history and the history of the carpetbaggers and all of that, and most of us probably do remember it, that that was a time that many considered to be the most corrupted time that has ever existed for graft and corruption in the United States government and that America has ever known. Government officials were especially corrupt in New York State where Cleveland began his career of public service, there was a system entrenched within the Democratic Party called Tammany Hall Society. Anybody remember that from history? And it consisted of patronage, cronyism, kickbacks, and bribes that was hated by the citizens of America. They would literally inflate governmental contracts 300 to 400% paying off various officials along the way with the tax dollars of the American public. The people of America were sick of the mafia-like practices of government officials, but they were literally powerless to do anything about it. Tammany Hall was just too big and too strong, and everybody that was anybody in politics belonged. And Cleveland tackled it head-on by canceling the contracts that had been awarded where bribes and kickbacks had been paid, and in doing so, made enemies of nearly everyone who was involved in politics in those days. He stood practically alone in government as a leader opposing corrupt politicians. As the pressure mounted, it was learned that before he had entered politics and before he got married, he had been engaged to a young woman and a child had been born out of wedlock to them. The engagement later fell apart And he went on to marry and be faithful to, they claim, the wife that he married all the years of his life. But journalists, inspired by those that were being enriched by the system, began to dig into his past. And they found this child that he had continued to take care of. And so they thought they had the thing that was going to bring him down. And so they went to him and began to pressure him to drop out. And he said, No. And they said, What about this? He told his own political followers. He said, you tell the truth regardless. And they told the truth, and he told the truth. And as a result of that, they elected him anyway in spite of the scandal that had occurred before he was ever married. In spite of the pressure from those in power, he refused to cave in. And it was because he stood for integrity that he became the president of this great nation. Cleveland stood so strongly against graft and corruption, according to historians. Among government officials, he stood so strongly, and ordinary people were so grateful to at last have somebody who not for who not not involved in all of that, but who would stand for them. It is said that America voted for him, not for who he was but because he had made enemies of everybody Americans hated. They all were trying to get him. And America decided that if the system hated him that much, they loved him, even though they didn't know him. And they elected him to be the 24th president of the United States of America. And don't we wish we had leaders in every aspect of life these days that lived up to these kind of ideals, amen. Because as I've said last week, integrity is not being perfect because we have this treasure in imperfect or in earthen vessels to use scripture. But integrity is taking a stand for what's right. Long after Cleveland left office, years later, the most famous journalist of the time, H.L. Mencken, wrote of him and said this, he was not averse to popularity, but he put it far below the approval of conscience. That is to say, to gain your vote, he would not violate his own conscience. He lived by his ideals, even if it meant he was unpopular. And Mencken went on to write, It is not likely that we shall see his like again, at least in the present age. The presidency is now closed to the kind of character that he had so abundantly. Well, without even referencing what's going on in the political arena today, All I can say is, to to me and from where I sit, there is a dearth of integrity in many areas of life and leadership, corporate leadership, yes, even in church leadership, certainly in politics, in entertainment, in the media, everywhere I look, it seems that suddenly things have shifted and moved. A long way from where they used to be and I don't know what to make of all of this other than to say that when you read Paul's writing to Timothy he described a time just like this before Jesus would return amen it may be true that leaders with that kind of unquestioned integrity are harder and harder to find but God I want you to know this still honors and blesses integrity God has not changed The world may have changed, but his word is not, and neither has God. It's forever settled in the heavens. Amen. And the character of God is still goodness, which means integrity. Because integrity is defined as adherence to moral and ethical principles, soundness of moral character, undivided, whole, complete, honest, and fair. And the Greek word that I shared with you last week, that is used for the fruit of the Spirit in this very passage in the book of Galatians that is called goodness, is the word that means moral uprightness, and we would translate it today, integrity. Integrity, the word from which we get the word integer, which means whole and undivided. We see less and less honesty these days. Less and less honesty among friends and families. Less and less honesty in business. Less and less honesty in nearly every aspect of life until you wonder what has gotten a hold of our world. 1914, Woodrow Wilson, President Woodrow Wilson, signed the first law against false advertising that ever existed in the United States of America. Before then, you could literally say anything you wanted about your product. And so there were a lot of snake oil salesmen, and they would sell all kinds of stuff and tell you it would cure everything, amen. Anything out there, their product would cure it. And I wonder sometimes if the government's going to sleep with some of these products that I see advertised, amen. What happened to truth in advertising? Four minute abs, really, come on. Not in my lifetime. 40 minutes is barely gonna get you rock hard abs. Not 40, amen, not four, amen. And how about this? Exercise equipment, and you can work out five minutes a day and be fit and in health. Really? Yeah. Anybody that's ever spent time at the gym knows that that's false advertising. I've heard so much stuff advertised, and I've wondered, who who do you call? What number do you pick up and, and call to tell people this is going on? Oh, they probably get caught up with sooner or later, Because integrity does have a way of leveling things out at the end of the day and balancing the books. And if you don't have integrity, sooner or later, it catches up with you. Amen. It's like the guy that was being tailgated by a stressed out woman on a busy boulevard. And suddenly, the light turned yellow just in front of him. And he did the right thing. He stopped at the crosswalk. Even though he could have beaten the red light by accelerating through the intersection, you're not supposed to accelerate through an intersection. I told my wife that the other day. She's not in this service, and she was driving, so shh. I said, you do know that if somebody's parked looking at this intersection, we can get pulled over right now. And the tailgating woman hit the roof when the guy stopped. She sat down on her horn, screaming in frustration, cursing blue obscenities and shouting and showing him sign language because she had missed her chance to get through the intersection. And as she was in mid-rant, suddenly there was a tap on her window. And she looked, and there was a very serious police officer standing there who ordered her to exit her car with her hands up. He took her to the police station where she was searched, fingerprinted, photographed, and then placed in a holding cell. After a couple of hours, a policeman approached the cell, opened the door. She was escorted back to the booking desk where the arresting officer was waiting with her personal effects. And he said, I'm very sorry for this mistake, ma'am. You see, I pulled up behind your car while you were blowing your horn, flipping off the guy in front of you and cussing a blue streak at him. And I noticed the choose life license plate holder and the what would Jesus do bumper sticker and the follow me to Sunday school bumper sticker and the honk if you love Jesus window decal and the chrome plated fish in them on the trunk and I naturally assumed you had stolen the car. Amen. Truth in advertising, baby. Truth in advertising. What benefit does integrity bring to someone who decides to act and live with integrity in a world where so many people have chosen to act and live without it? I want you to know that God honors integrity. And it may be strange to live in a world when people all around you make fun of you for having integrity. You may wonder, is there really any need for me to still value and hold on to integrity when so many think I'm crazy? It's kind of like Peter talks about righteous Lot whose soul was vexed by the filthy conversation that existed in Sodom and Gomorrah. And people look at you strangely, he said, and think it's strange that you don't do the same things they do. He called it running to a lifestyle that's in excess and and when you don't do that they like what's the matter with you what planet you living on I want to tell you that it's not just about fitting in it's about pleasing God Almighty Amen. Amen and integrity will first of all bring you the supernatural and unparalleled favor of God in today's world I don't need your favor I need God's favor In today's world, I need God to step in and make a way sometimes because sooner or later, you're going to be in a place where you don't need what somebody can do for you. You're going to need what God alone can provide for you. Amen. First service this morning, I was so happy to be able to tell our congregation that one of the young ladies who works in our children's ministry who was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, That's almost at the point where it's too late. God has completely healed her. She's got a clean bill of health. Give God some praise, somebody. Tracy, you know something about stage four cancer and God healing you because he did it for her. Not only that, This lady's mother sent me a text. Amy is scheduled, she's engaged, and the wedding is set for September 24th. Here was a young lady with no future. God just blew the doors wide open for her. You're going to need supernatural favor in your life. Job 8 verse 5 through 7 says this, If you pray to God and seek the favor of the Almighty, and if you are pure and live with integrity, He will surely rise up and restore your happy home. And though you started with little, you will end with much. I could spend the rest of my message on that verse right there. Because some of you need God to rise up in your life. Some of you need your happy home restored. And I want to tell you that if you serve with integrity, God's going to give you a happy home. That's a word from God. You may be walking through torment right now and misery, but God will restore your happy home. You need to circle that verse and pray it every day. I thank you, God, that you're restoring my happy home. I thank you that you're rising up right now. I don't see the evidence, but I know you're at work because you never deny your word. And God's about to do a miracle in my life. There's some others of you that need the the seventh verse. And though you started with little, you will end with much. Did you hear what God said? He's the one that makes it possible. That's exactly what happened with Job. Because he decided to have integrity. At the time of his greatest need in life, God rose up and blessed him and restored his happy home. Gave him twice as much as he had before he was tested. And make no mistake, integrity will always be tested by the enemy. But God blesses those who in the middle of the test say no to temptation, no to the need to fit in, no to the weakness of the flesh, and they stand on the side of integrity. Psalms 18.25, to the faithful, oh my God, hear this, you will show yourself faithful. And to those with integrity, you will show integrity. The world may not treat you right, but God's going to treat you right when you do right. And he's going to see the books are balanced. I'm talking to somebody that's got little right now, but God's going to cause you to end with much. And I'm I'm talking to somebody that doesn't have a reason to smile, but God's going to restore your happy home. I declare it over you in the name of Jesus. A second benefit of integrity is if you have integrity, you will experience less frustration and you will have more peace. Psalms 119 verses 1 through 2. Happy are people of integrity. Say it. Happy. Happy who follow the law of the Lord. Happy are those who obey his decrees and search for him with all their hearts. I'm not talking about this temporary thing where you have happiness at the moment because you gave in and compromised your integrity and you gained a little something or, or got a little more money out of a deal or cheated somebody or you fit into the crowd because uh, you did what needed to be done to, to become a part of the group. Uh-uh, That's short-lived. I'm talking about long-term happiness. I'm talking about you're happy today and tomorrow and next month and next year and 10 years from now. When you stand for integrity, amen. You see, when you have integrity, you will stand when all around you others fall. In today's world, you need two things. You need assurance and you need insurance. (laughs) Blessed assurance and blessed insurance, amen. Praise God. State form is mine or something. Amen. You need insurance and you need assurance. Assurance comes from the Word of God. But the greatest insurance you can ever get is not AIG. It's Jesus Christ and His promise to your life. Amen. Amen. If you have integrity, God will not allow your business to fail, your marriage to fail, your finances or your health to fail. Listen, I'm talking to you. When both people in a home live with integrity, the enemy can't get in that home. He can't wreak havoc in that home. Amen. Sometimes one or other of the partners might not live with integrity and open a door and all kind of stuff will come in. But listen, if you will continue to be a man or woman of God and live with integrity, God will restore your happy home. God will rise up. And when God arises, his enemies are scattered. Proverbs 10 and 9, people with integrity walk safely, but those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. When you don't have integrity, your life is on a slant. It's on the way to the surface. It's going to come out. What is done in secret always gets shouted from housetops. But people who have integrity walk safely. Have you ever stepped on slippery ice? Anybody? I had to go to Nigeria. We do ministry in Nigeria. And some years ago, I had to go to the Nigerian embassy in Washington, D.C. Nigeria, unlike most of the countries in Africa, if you're a U.S. citizen, most countries will let you get your visa right at the airport, not Nigeria. You gotta have it before you leave or they won't let you in the country. So I flew to Washington, D.C. to get the, the visa and it was the dead of winter and I'm in front of the Nigerian embassy and I'm walking on the sidewalk and it is rained and there's ice everywhere and I hit a patch of slip ice, a, a, a slippery ice. My feet went up higher than my head. I landed on my back. I fell harder than I've ever fallen in my whole life. I literally had to lay there for a minute and make sure I hadn't broken anything. I, I fail hard. I wanna tell you that whenever you don't have integrity, you might be walking okay right now, but you're gonna fall. But when you have integrity, God holds you up in slippery places. Amen. Number four, integrity will cause you to stay on track to complete your destiny. Proverbs 11 and 3 in the message says the integrity of the honest keeps them on track. It's an automatic pilot that keeps pulling you back. You see, there are all kinds of distractions here and there are distractions there. And as you go through life, you're going to be called by this. And you're going to be called by that. And this is going to pull on you. And that's going to pull on you. And as a child of God, you need something to keep you moving in the right direction. Amen. Integrity will cause God to keep your destiny on track. I know a lot of people who decided not to stand. I've known them through the years. Do you realize how many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people I have met in my lifetime. Preaching crusades all of these years, training ministries and doing conferences. I have met more people, and this is not bragging, because I haven't had a chance to build relationships with all these people, certainly not. But I've met far more people than a little boy from Louisiana ever thought that he would. And I've had a chance to hear a lot of stories. And I've known people who pulled over to the side and let integrity be forgotten. They were attracted by this, or they went this way because this temptation was there. And you know what happened? They lost their destiny. I know preachers that are not in ministry today because they are among some of those that I am talking about. I know businessmen that lost their careers and their businesses. I even know people that are entertainers that lost their entire future. I know politicians that were left out of office. I know people that had great families that no longer have those great families. Because in a moment of weakness, they had never resolved the integrity issue. And they got pulled over to the side. And as a result, they lost not just their family or their business. They lost their destiny as well. The good news is, and I'm here to tell you, that you can get it back if you will rediscover integrity once again. Listen to this. Amen. In Proverbs 11 and 3, the integrity of the honest keeps him on track. Tell somebody near you, integrity will keep you on the right track. Do you hear about this, this car the other day? Now they've got these cars that are auto-driven, right? What's the name of that car? Somebody help me out. Tesla. This one got run over by an 18-wheeler. I mean crushed. Whoever was in it was killed. I don't remember how many people were in it. Look, it's okay if you've got an autopilot in your life as long as that autopilot is fixed on the right direction. Amen. But if your default setting is less than integrity, there's going to be a collision somewhere up the road. Number five, your integrity will bring divine favor upon your descendants for generations to come. Not just on you and not just on your children, but for generations to come. Proverbs 20 and 7 the godly walk with integrity. Hear the word of the Lord. Blessed are their children who follow them. I don't know about you, but even more important than being blessed myself, I want my kids to be blessed. I want my grandchildren to be blessed. I want my great-grandkids to be blessed. I've lived long enough that I, I, I've been in, some, in situations where I've known luxury. I've been in some situations where I've known the opposite of that. I've stayed in great hotel rooms. I've had people put me up in the best during the years that I've been speaking. I one time flew to India, traveled for two days to get there to a train station, traveled another eight hours by train, another 12 hours by car. When I finally arrived at where I was going, it was almost three days of travel and got out. I was so bleary-eyed, I was staggering. And my eyes were red and bloodshot and looked like a road map of Georgia. I mean, that's how bloodshot they were. And they kind of steered me toward the counter in this little hotel. And when I tell you it was not much of a hotel, uh, I signed the fly spec register. They handed me a towel, and this is no exaggeration, tore a strip out of the newspaper and gave it to me. You go figure out what that was for. Amen. (laughs) I fought bed bugs the whole time I was there. I've stayed in the best. I've stayed in some that were not so good. But you know what I found out at the end of a day? A hotel is nothing but four walls and a toilet in the corner. I don't need a lot from me. I'm not at a place in life where I have to have stuff to make me feel good about who I am. But I tell you what, I want my kids to be blessed. I want my grandchildren to be blessed. The last Sunday of September, Andrew is going to be getting married. And uh, they're going to have grandkids. Taylor just got married, my oldest granddaughter. I want the favor of God to be upon my not only my grandchildren, but my great-grandchildren. And when you have integrity, listen, it causes descendants that haven't even yet been born to be blessed. Amen. Amen. The absence of integrity, on the other hand, are you listening? it can open a door of cursing into your family that for generations to come, your kids, your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren will have to deal with, and they'll have to confront. Are you listening to me? Because a lot of the stuff you and I personally deal with is not even our own human weakness. It's a spiritual issue that somebody in our family opened up, and we call those generational curses. And I deal with stuff and so do you that if I'd get been given the chance to vote, I wouldn't have to deal with it. But I didn't get to because somebody back there made decisions. And I figured out one day that if I'm going to open any doors at all, I would rather it be doors of blessing rather than doors of pain. Amen. I would rather it be doors to a blessed future than doors to a struggling life. Hello, someone. Amen. Amen. Oh, somebody ought to give God some praise right now. When you have integrity, number six, others will want to follow you, and I'm just about done. This includes your own family. In many families, there's huge strife. And you know why there's strife? Because the members of the family see the absence of integrity in some that are leading in the home and don't want to follow them. And if there's no integrity, people don't want to follow you. Titus 2 and 7, And you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your preaching. We live in a crazy world, and I've seen stuff go on that I never thought I would ever live to see. These days, I hear about celebrity ministries and all kind of issues and problems and divorce one Sunday and then the pulpit the next. I'm not talking about a marriage that fell apart that they tried to hold together. I'm talking about people having affairs with secretaries and all of that and dumping a wife. And one week later, they're right back in the pulpit and they're introducing their new wife. For the life of me, I can't understand the world we live in right now. You say, but uh, Pastor, you're making me feel bad. My marriage fell apart. I, I'm not talking about, about you. I'm talking, even if you made mistakes, there's a way to get over it. But what I'm talking about is this issue that we confront these days where anything goes and integrity doesn't exist anymore at any level. That needs to be stopped. Do you hear me? Truth and advertising. We are Christians. We're Christians. Amen. We're children of God. We're supposed to be like him. Amen. And there's so much trouble. Well, I'm the dad. I'm I'm the husband. You got to follow me. Not if there's no integrity, they don't. And you need to live an example. And that means bite the bullet, guy. You hear what I'm saying? Square your shoulders back and be a man. Man up. Come on. I'm going to say it again, man up. And if you're a woman, live like a woman of integrity. Be a a Proverbs 31 woman, amen. Number seven, integrity will cause God to be pleased with you. And I don't know about you, but to me, this is the most important one of all. You see, I believe God is looking for a chance to bless each and every one of us. Religion doesn't teach us that. Religion teaches the opposite of that. It teaches people that God is actually against us and looking for a reason to squash us and punish us. I don't believe that is the truth. The Bible that I read tells me he's looking for a reason to bless us. Amen. Proverbs 11 and 20. The Lord detests people with crooked hearts, but he delights in those with integrity. Amen. God's looking for a chance to bless you. And this is why every time God goes to bless you, you need to know it's the enemy that says, oh, wait, time out, God. I know something about this person. And the accuser of the brethren stands before God and tells God why he cannot bless you because of issues in your life. Amen. And if you're not addressing those issues to put them under the blood, the enemy will rob you of your blessing. But it's not God that's looking for a reason to not bless you. God's looking for a reason to bless you. God wants you to be blessed getting up and sitting down and out in the field and in the house. And Oh, I need to talk to somebody right now. God wants you to be blessed in the city and in the field. Amen. In every part of your life. Matthew 25 and 21, the New Century Version The master answered and said you did well you're a good and a loyal servant because you were loyal with small things i will let you care for much greater things come and share my joy with me you see those last words right there come and share my joy with me that's whose joy i want because when god puts on a party he knows how to partay amen when god gets ready to bless you he can bless you like nobody else can God can cause favor to rain on you that'll turn your life around. God will cause you to feel like you're living in the middle of a dream, amen. God will cause you to feel like like it's a fairy tale and you're in the center of it. God knows how to bless you. And he says, this is what will make me bless you, amen, when you're loyal and you're faithful in little things. Oh boy, loyalty, there's a word you don't see a lot of anymore. Amen. No loyalty much these days out there. People jump from team to team. They jump from church to church. They, they jump from this to that. They, it, it's, and no disrespect. People are not brand loyal. But God still honors loyalty. And so you say, how do I get in uh, the favor of God on my life? I want to point out in these life application points that this last verse that I read actually gives us huge insight into how to develop integrity. Because there's no doubt that every one of us are engaged in a struggle to grow integrity in our hearts. Some of us have had it and lost it. If that's the case, I want to tell you how to get it back. If you've never had it, and you've come to be a part of the kingdom of God, I want to tell you how to get it. Number one, start with small things. Watch what he said. Because you were loyal with small things, I will let you care for much greater things. Let me tell you your future. I want you to shout these words out loud. Three words. Much greater things. things. Look at your neighbor and say, that's my future. future. Much greater things. Don't judge me by where I'm at right now. I'm on my way to real blessing. Amen. Start with the small things. That's where integrity is always built. If you find $150,000 in a bag on the side of the road, whether you keep it or not, is not a decision you make right there. It's a decision you made years ago to give your tithe. (laughs) Integrity starts with small things. If you walk into somebody's house and there's a Rolex watch laying there and they're never going to miss it, whether you take it or not is going to be determined by did you take God's money? Oh, it's getting quiet now. That's that's quite okay. All right. Preach, Pastor. Yes, thank you. I believe I will. Amen. Start with small things. If you don't want to end up in a big affair, don't do little flirting. If you don't want to tell a big lie, don't tell a little white one. Don't steal from God, you want to steal from your employer. Don't be rude to your family, and you won't be rude to strangers later on. Little things, that's where the battle is won or lost, little things. Little things. I'm done. I'm personally not much of a golfer. In fact, I've never played a single game of golf. Not against it. I happen to be raised in one of those real strict churches that taught you can't play golf, so I never learned how. I wish I had of. it's just my nature is so competitive to be good you got to start way back there I'm not going to start something I can't get good at <laughs> that's just who I am I'm going to give it 110 percent so if you're a golfer more power to you I wish that I had been raised to believe it was okay they they used to call it cow pasture pool when I was a kid Some of these preachers. Just how many of you do enjoy the game? Anybody? Numbers of hands. That's great. You ever hear the name Bobby Jones? Bobby Jones is considered to be one of the greatest players of all time. Before there was Tiger Woods, Jim Nicholas, or Gary Player, there was Bobby Jones. He is the only player in the history of golf to have won all four tournaments in what is called the Grand Slam of golf in the same year. The Grand Slam consists of the Open Championship, the US Open, the British Open, and the Amateur Open. Other players have won all four of these tournaments in different years, but only Bobby Jones won them all in one year. That was in 1930, 86 years ago, and no one has done it since. I'm going to show you a brief clip from a movie about him. He's standing there in a major tournament, and he accidentally bumps the ball with his club. For those of you that follow the game, that's an automatic one-stroke penalty if you move the ball. Watch what happens. Official. Uh, Official. I caused my... Ball to move. I didn't see it, oh, didn't see it move. Yeah. I'm happy. I didn't see it. Bobby. We've uh, talked with Walter, all the officials, and uh, several people in the gallery. Nobody saw your ball move. It seems a matter for you to decide. Are you sure you caused that ball to move? I know I did. You'd be congratulated, son. Sir, that's like congratulating a man for not robbing a bank. I don't know how else to play the game. Whoa. I don't know how else to play the game. He called a one-stroke penalty on himself with the officials, the galley, and even his opponent saying we did not see the ball move. Do you know that he lost that tournament by one stroke? But he decided he could live without the trophy, but he could not live without integrity. May God grow integrity within us. Learn, number two, life application point number two. To grow integrity, you have to learn to go against the crowd because the crowd will tell you it's okay. The crowd will tell you everybody's doing it. The crowd will even make fun of you. You know why? Because you standing on principle makes them feel condemned. They will say there's no need. Go ahead. Nobody's going to know. But like Bobby said, There's no other way to live or play the game. And number three is hold yourself to a higher standard than others hold you.